Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have you tune us in and turn us on. Thank you for tuning in to The Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. That's who I am. I'm Dr. Pat. I get to hang out with you every day, Monday through Friday, pretty much. Uh, And then, of course, there's a lot of other people that come on, our hosts and co-hosts from the Transformation Network and Transformation Talk Radio. Um, And I get to hang out with our most amazing producers. Today, we've got Micah at the helm at Transformation Talk Radio and Benny. Benny's my kick. He's been with me for AMFM, like in this time spot for 20 years coming up on. Uh, and here we are today because this is a powerful show. Benny, Micah, how are you both doing? I'm doing Glad good, Pat. To- Thanks. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I-, I was just talking with Vicky. Okay. Vicky, Vicky Dobbs is my very special guest. Her book is Get Off the Shelf, Choose You First. Now we're going to go through this book, but it's a personal story. It's a personal story that every one of us has. But it's also about metaphorically how women enter into our busy worlds, how we feel we are alone a lot of the time. But is that true? What happens when we carve out time? I just went through, I'm going through this myself this week, and I shared a little bit with Vicki. But I'm going to start out at the gate with a couple things. I am a closeted field and tracker benny <laughs> now let me just put this in perspective for everybody and and then vicky's gonna give you a statistic that's gonna blow your mind about herself but i really am you know ever since i could remember i just love the idea of running now i will tell you i am not built to run i was never built to run and Great shortstop playing softball, but they knew that I would have to hit the ball really, really far to get to first base. (laughs) But that doesn't mean I don't love it. And I am thrilled about this year's world track and field uh, championships right down the road from us, Oregon. And I love this. And I love that we are breaking records. I love that we're having things that happen in the women's events, in the men's events. I'm also, I'm also a little bit confused and not knowing how to process some of the missteps. But that's what Vicky's going to talk about today. Because what do we talk, get off the shelf, choose you first, you have a right to be happy. So what are the missteps? Well, a couple missteps we've already talked about. Uh, Cherie Richardson, of course, although one of the fastest runners on the planet, was eliminated from Olympic trials because marijuana test or something like that. So couldn't get back on track. So it's not even competing here. But then Eagles, Damon Allen, disqualified. Uh, what? 
the fastest 110 hurdles person on the planet jumped the gun by 0.1. Now, I will tell you, this was a sign of what was going to come because when the women were racing, they had two athletes disqualified, two of them. I think one of them was the United States. But why am I so fixated on this? What is this about this? Because this is just one other way that we as human beings excel. You know, this is how we show up in life. This is how we get off the shelf. You know, this is how when we think about our lives and we think about what we can't do or couldn't do or don't know how to do or don't think we can do, and then you show up and you show up big, what happens? Now, I want to just put a caveat on this, and then we're going to go to my guest, because my guest has got this down. So when I'm talking about Vicki, I'm talking about the founder of Wisdom Evolution, right? And she is out there, cheerleader, pom-poms and everything for the You First Revolution. Yes. Why? OMG. I'll tell you why. Because I went through this myself over the weekend. I am like everybody else. Remember, I created crust busting, Benny, right? So you know, and I'll tell you now, it is very difficult for me to take time for myself. But when I sit down and I read this book and I get a, I get it, I get a get off the shelf. I get to choose me first. I have a right to be happy. When I start to read what Vicki is bringing out here, I'm saying it is more than an invitation. Today, get ready. Get ready to get off the shelf. I don't care if you got to get a crowbar. Benny, we need the jackhammer. I don't care if you got to get a jackhammer to get the crust off you to get off the shelf. Because if you don't do it, you have one life to live. And you will be looking back like Devon. And you will be thinking, what was I thinking? Vicki, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Pat. I am so excited to be here with you live. It's, oh, you know, dream come true. Man, I'll tell you, we need this message. Look, many of us understand that this is a challenge for us to begin with in life. We get it. We, I know it. I know myself. Um, and yet at the same time, we don't want to look back and have regrets, or we don't want to be sitting at a place where we are just completely burnt out, fried out, fried, like fried from the inside out, because we have not done this. But I want to ask you, nobody writes something like this. You, you don't create a movement like this unless you have some personal experience with this. I want to know, okay, what challenges, obstacles did you, Vicki Dobbs, have to overcome for you to get off the shelf and be here today? First, I had to give myself permission. And as a young girl growing up in the 50s and 60s, um, we weren't given permission to be first in our lives. We were told, wait your turn. Let the other one go first. They're more important. It was stand back and be graciously next. And sometimes that didn't feel real good. But you aren't told it's okay to value you above everything else. You're given this box to put yourself in that says when it's your turn, when it's time. And I'm here to tell you, you have to give you permission to be first in your life. Nobody else is going to give it to you. 
you know, I mean, I know that we're talking about this, at least from our perspective as women, because I can't, I can't, I can't reflect on what men go through. I can only reflect on as a woman, what I go through and the women I work with and the people I work with, what it's like for them. Um, And, you know, part of this discovery and part of what you talk about is you talk about having the curiosity, the courage and the strength to look deep within, right? I think you open your book with something like that um, into the folds of your own heart and soul. See, and I love that you opened it up with that because when you open a book like that, and thank you, thank you, Lynn Andrews, right? When you open your book like that and you hear the sound of the drums calling, why don't we step out? What gets in our way? What gets in our way to the future? Like what you talk about when you say the future, the future stands open-armed in invitation, each step, a lifetime's journey, in, out, into myself. That's how this book starts. Boy, what a journey it is. What gets in our way from your perspective? Everybody else's voice. Because again, we are given teachers. We are told to seek teachers and we give the wise people in our lives permission to have a greater voice than our own. And what I want people to know is that now is the time for us to look inside as much as we look and search outside for the answers, because we each one of us hold the answers, but we aren't given the tools to move inside and listen to our own divine inspiration, the voice of God that lives within each and every one of us. You know, this is really a giant message for us all. I find myself today um, coming off a Sunday that I shared with you because I, I was reading, I always get prepared for the shows, yeah? And I found myself making a decision Sunday morning And the decision was, there are several things that are milestones for this network, the network we're building on technology, what needs to be in place, what needs to be in place for people. And it was, do I sit here Sunday and do this and really get get us set up for a September event, or do I go cut my grass? (laughs) Now, tempting. Cutting the grass was very tempting, <laughs> but that wouldn't have got me off the shelf I needed to get off. It would have got me off a different shelf, but not the one that enabled me to sit for almost 10 hours yesterday wow. with kind of the field and track in the background, I must say, and get some very significant things done. But I'll tell you, I did think cut the grass, repot the pots, fix the sprinkler. What do you think I read in your book that had me make that choice? Calendar your priorities. <laughs> Put you first. Yeah. Yeah. You know, many people are coming off of what they have three years where they have had to look at themselves and look close inside. Um. And this has not been a three years where a lot of folks have been able to put themselves first. Right. 
So I want to ask you this question. It's not as obvious to me as it was yesterday as I was going through and reading what you were saying and understanding exactly where I was. We don't know we're on the shelf. We don't know it. How can we get the clues to tell us, hello, I'm sitting on the shelf? Listen to your body. When you are uncomfortable, when you are at dis-ease, when you find no peace in your life, when you feel that constant churning, something's missing, something isn't right, but you can't identify it because you don't take the time to sit in silence and be with yourself because you've put everybody and everything else in your life ahead of you. Eventually, you're going to get sick. You're going to have time to spend with yourself laying in bed recuperating. You know, as I think about this, I I have a mentor that used to say something to me, and I want you to respond to it because it's in the book here. It's in here somewhere. Um, Maybe like the stone people, but let me let me just let me just get to it. I had a mentor. Uh, Sedonia Cahill, she was one of the first women ever in the United States to create sacred circles, healing circles. Very, very little people know about her, but, you know, she wrote a fantastic book way back. And then she, for almost 30 years, would take people out into the high desert for vision questing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what she did. I happen to be fortunate enough to be part of that. Only because my boss was a real snake and he wanted me to go and steal all her ideas. That's how I ended up. But, oh, my God, the universe, God doesn't work like that. God knew I needed to go there. But the thing that is so important for me to think about and ask you about is this idea of why we think self-care is selfish. Because That's a big one, right? We, we've been taught it. We've been programmed to believe that we are not supposed to think of ourselves first. We have husbands and children and, and partners and jobs and bosses and ministers and, and responsibilities and volunteer work and, and you name it. We are busy people. And none of that busy includes taking care of ourselves because we've been programmed to do everything else first. When there's time, when, when I can, as soon as I finish this, I'll do it next. And next never comes because something else gets in the way and says, I'm more important. So you have to give yourself permission to put you first. You have to put you at the top of your priority list. And I'm here to tell you, putting you first is not selfish. It is self-sustaining. It is survival. It's the way you grow to be 100 years old and still sit on the sidelines and cheer for your favorite team instead of laying in a bed, withering because you never gave yourself time to be healthy inside and out. I'm there now. And so it's not a mistake that I get your book and I'm reading it. Now, I have to tell you, I have to read books uh, several times. 
I have pretty much, I would say I'm at about 95% reading every book that has ever come across my desk for 20 years, only because I grew up learning different and I couldn't read and write. So I'm reading your story and I'm reading a little bit about what you say and, and what your journey, a little bit about what your journey was like. And when you ask the question, had I lost sight of my dream? And then the answer is what dream? And then you go on to talk about this and you say this, because I want to ask you about this. We have got to find a way to help people, to help women resurrect their dreams. You go, you go on to say the human spirit inside each of us has enormous capacity to survive. Every unexpected twist and turn life has to offer. I know that's true. I know that's true of me, my mom's suicide, being homeless, being arrested for something I didn't do, and then telling the truth to a judge who just looked at me and said, you're either the dumbest person I've ever met, or that is the truth. But I think about this, how important and what have you learned from getting off the shelf and our ability to be adaptogens? Is that like, is that like a noun? I don't know what that is, but adaptable. I think that each and every one of us has to hit bottom. The way that our society gives us a reason to change is to take what's important away, whether that's a job or a home or a partner or a pet. The way that we end up on the shelf is because something has gotten in the way of us. And sometimes that's just the real busy of life. And months and years can go by and you realize, I didn't take that picture. I didn't hold that child. I didn't kiss him goodnight. And then the heaviness of what could have been begins to weigh you down and ruin what will be. So when you get to that place of, I just can't do this anymore, and you sink to the floor, pick up a piece of paper and write, I choose me on it and stick it on the refrigerator, stick it on the bathroom mirror, and begin to believe that you matter. You have a right to be yeah. happy. Put you first. Yeah. Look, I want to talk to you a minute about the beginnings of this. I started out before we came on. Micah, Micah, Benny, Benny and Micah, they were getting our audio and the thing done, and I, I was telling you that I was watching these championship trials, and you shared something with me that you're a record holder, so we had a few back and forths <laughs> about this, because we don't really talk about our accomplishment. How often have you been out at, at some kind of event, and especially with women, mostly women, right, and it's very rare unless you ask somebody that they talk about their accomplishment. Now I talk about my table tennis because I love the sport, but rarely does anybody know how many medals. And it was interesting. I'd like you to address this. It was interesting, uh, Vicki. It was really interesting last weekend. Somebody found me in some historic record from 19, one, two, three, 73 or four, like a picture of me and my coach. And the guy walks up to me and says, just how many medals and trophies have you won? And I said, what do you talk? I, I said, what do you mean? I mean, I'm, I'm over here playing this sport because I love it. I'm playing like, he says, yeah, I found something on you. 
I'm like, oh, this is stalker material, right? <laughs> this is like getting creepy. I said, well, what did you find? And he said, I just want to know how many did you win? I said, well, by the time I was 24, if you're talking about this sport and championship, I had pretty much tallied up close to 200, 225 Amazing. results. <laughs> he said, that's impossible. Okay, here we go. So in my brain, I'm like, oh, I'm a fraud. I'm going to, let's get down to this because your personal story and how you got here and you wrote this and why you wrote this book, it's not because you had nothing better to do, Vicki. What are the underpinnings of why you wrote this book and the message for our time for women today? Well, I was given a very visceral vision. And it feels so real, but I can't find the place it happened. So it had to be a dream time message that was so physically real. It's like I could touch it. I was walking down a hallway lined with bookshelves and something caught my attention. I looked up and to the left and there I sat, cross-armed, cross-legged, knee bouncing up and down, looking down at myself going, what the hell am I doing on the shelf again? And it it didn't have a context for me then, but it, it kept coming back into my thoughts. And I realized that get off the shelf was a metaphor for me in how I set myself aside and serviced everything and everybody else in my life except me. And it wasn't until I was in my 50s and I found Lynn Andrews books and attended yes. one of her events and started her school where suddenly... Somebody gave me permission to have boundaries. And it's like, wait a minute, I, I, I can say no. That's a new one. And I, I swear when my son was born, my, my doctor said that I was emblazoned with a tattoo across my forehead that said, I'm easy, just ask. And no was a speech impediment I had developed after childbirth. I, I forgot how to say no. And I'm not saying it was to my kids. It was to everybody. And maybe that's just the way I grew up. Yeah. But the bottom line is, I, I can have boundaries, I can say no. And the first time I said to somebody, you no longer have my permission to treat me like that. Not only did I shock myself that it came out of my mouth, but the person I was talking to was so wide eyed. What do you mean? I always have I can't now. What's changed? Well, I learned something about myself that I had worth, I had value beyond the trophies, beyond the top production, beyond the top producers, beyond all the things that I accomplished. I had worth underneath that that had nothing to do with what I did in the world or provided to the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is really, when we come back from break, we're going to really dig deeper into this. I want everybody to know, first of all, this is a show for you all out there. If you are listening to this show, this is where you get to call in and ask the most incredible Vicki, Vicki Dobbs, this question. Ask her a question about some way in your life you're not getting off the shelf and you want to get off the shelf today. Because I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be Devon. I do not want to be that gentleman that jumped point one of whatever that was a second and look back at his life knowing even if he got out of the gate two seconds slower than everybody else he could win that race 
I don't want to be that, but I will acknowledge him for one thing. He got off the shelf. He was out there. He has practiced. He has worked hard. He has put himself forward. But now this is about us. We're going to take a short break. I want you to go ahead and take a look. Vicki Dobbs, and it's V-I-C-K-I-D-O-B-B-S.com. Go right. over there. You're going to see the book right there. And once you see the book right there, you're going to be able to get yourself a copy of the book. You're going to be able to sign up for a newsletter. You're going to be able to read about Vicki. There's a lot. You're going to be able to, one of my favorite things to do, because I'm planning my spiritual, let's just call it practicums. You're going to be able to take a look at sacred wisdom workshops. There's a bunch of free stuff. There's just so much going on here. Take a look at this. And then don't forget, this is the most, I love this. Go read the blog. Go read the blog. Forgiveness, love letters and legacies. Please, this is your time. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, Oh, Benny, you got that crust-busting effect ready to go. What is the Achilles heel that somebody like me has struggled with most of my life? But I think Vicky, too. I think we have this in common, although I did not break my high school record at, what was it, the long jump? Junior high school. They called it the standing broad jump back then. You stood and jumped. You didn't run and jump. Oh, and you broke that record, right? Well, I set the record. I don't know that there was one before that. But yeah, last time I was at my junior high school, it was still there on the board. I don't even know how you did that. There's a reason they don't want me to play basketball. Jumping is not my thing. When we come back, what is this one thing? What is this one thing that will shut the lights down in a hot second before you even know where the switch is. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Benny, let's take a short break. Micah, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Your own innate brilliance already lives inside of you. Come discover it so you can shine brightly in this world. Join me, your host, Adrian Cobb, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern during Wild Magic on TransformationTalkRadio.com and get answers to who you are and where you belong. To learn more about me and the show, visit MyWildMagic.com. Again, that's MyWildMagic.com. It's time to tap into your divine self through angelic guidance. Join your host, Cindy Smith, and co-hosts in The Angel Empowerment Show, From I Can't to I Can, airing every Monday, 6 p.m. Pacific, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn from four of the best angel empowerment practitioners in the field. Together, they will share experiential teachings and offer live, on-air professional angel card readings and much more. For more information, visit CindySmithAEP.com. Do you get stuck in that someday attitude, living the same day over and over again with no action? The Becoming You Show, big ideas that inspire, impact, and influence your life with Leah Rowling is for you. Tune in every Friday at 11 a.m. Central on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This show will have you feeling inspired to take action with purpose and intention. For more information and to get in touch with me, visit www.LeahRowling.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Pat. I'm the host of the Dr. Pat Show, and I am the creator of the Transformation Network, doing what we do in the world of positive radio, informed, educated, positive media. 
independent radio hosts and independent networks have been the face of positive messaging over the past decade. So all of us here have decided we're going to put together an independent network that is going to enable people to bring their positive message of hope, inspiration, and conscious action to the forefront. Help us create a future of amazing, uplifting stories that can be told so we can tell our children and they can tell their children of what hope and conscious action is all about. I want to thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on on TransformationTalkRadio.com. You are made for more. I'm Coach Lisa, and I'm here to help you achieve ultimate life satisfaction. Your life matters to the world. Reimagine your future with an individualized life by design approach with my free ebook, The Five C's of Coaching Commitment, Clarity, Coachable, Creative, and Change. Find the transformation you're looking for. Go to lisabeltz.com. That's L Y S A B E L T Z.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Vicki Dobbs joining me here today. I want you all to know uh, this is a book, Get Off the Shelf, Choose You First. You have the right to be happy. But let me just mention this. She's got another book that is equally interesting, and it's called You First. And what we're about to talk about right now is going to tap into both of both of those books and, and the message in, in each of them to bring you to where you may be today. But before we do, I want to make sure you know how to get a hold of Vicki. Just go ahead and go to her website. It's Vicki, V-I-C-K-I, Dobbs, D-O-B is in boy, B-S. When you get there, you're going to see a whole lot of things. Wisdom Evolution, she's an award-winning author, spiritual entrepreneur, teacher, coach, storyteller, and so much more. Um, Vicki, thank you. I can't thank you enough for joining me here today. And thank you for writing this book for me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it is true. Writing this book for me in a time that I, I needed to read it to be reminded of it. Um, you know, I was sharing that story with you, and we're going to talk about this thing that before the break that hit me. I was sharing this story with you of my Sunday. And I'm sure people are listening and they're saying, well, wait a minute. That is not what you're talking about with the book. That's not putting you first. You worked all day. This is important to me to launch this network in our new technology, to launch our crowdfunding. I set a $2.3 million crowdfunding goal over the weekend. And when people hear that I worked, they're like, you are not doing what Vicky told you to do. But yet, at the end of my day, I was doing it for me. I want you to really talk about a couple of things. One, how other people's opinions of us, and I'm just saying it could be from childhood, I don't care where it comes from, how it instills in us a version of doubt with a capital D, and how insidious is that to whether or not we get off the shelf or we stay on the shelf? Absolutely. Doubt is one of the biggest catapults. To the shelf. And I think that the old Cherokee story about the two wolves that sit on our, you know, shoulders getting a fight, one's dark, one's light, 
which one are you going to feed? And I have two little voices in my right ear. I always hear the voice that says, no, you shouldn't. You got, there's other, what about, I, there, there's just, and the one over here that says, really? I mean, go for it. Doors open, walk through, take a chance, you know, outside your comfort zone. You, you need to do what's important to you. For you, getting all of the technology in place not only was what you wanted to do, but it fed your joy. It's, it's a dream you're pushing yourself towards. Mowing the yard is something you got to do every week, but you know, I'm here to tell you there's people you can get to mow the yard if you don't get around to it. Nobody but you can create the genius behind what you do. So it's not just about taking a bath and reading a book. It's not just about going for a walk at sunset or, or at sunrise. It's about feeding the fire that's deep inside of you, fueling the joy that drives the passion that gives you purpose in your life. When you choose you first, whatever choice you make, as long as it's your choice and not someone else's and learn to hear from both ears so you can discern which one you want to feed, which voice you want to listen to. And I, I get sidelined with doubt constantly. I mean, I changed clothes three times between eight and nine this morning, getting ready for your show. We all have doubt. It's just a part of, I, I don't hesitate to say our genetics, but I don't know a single person who doesn't doubt. It's what you do with that doubt. When you can take a hold of it and drive yourself towards your passion and take doubt along with you, let it be the thing that says, do I want to do this or this? Doubt gives you choice. And that's where free will comes in. You know, and, and part of this too is there is, there is that level of doubt that will make us more aware, so to speak. At least this is my experience of it. You know, there's a level of doubt that has shown up in my life time and time again. And it has shown up as, as let, me just, let me just put it in my, in my terms, as a gentle messenger. And if I see it at that and not like it, let it build up momentum, not let it take up on energy. Because once it gets past a certain point, it can become crippling. And, and it's different than fear, I think. So let's talk about this for a minute. It's different than fear, right? And let's talk about a couple of examples of this. And the reason I say it's different than fear, although fear may be underneath it, like, right? right. It's a little different. And it shows up in strange ways. I, I'm telling you, I, I'm getting ready for a tournament and I was playing on Saturday. And I realized there were about a small percentage of my shots where I'm playing with my partner, we're getting ready to, 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 to defend our gold medal here. And I'm playing with her and I stop mid stroke and I, I nailed it. It was indecision. It was, it was not just indecision. It was doubt mm -hmm. that I would actually be able to make that kind. Now, look, I play a sport that the ball comes at you 80 miles an hour. And so what I'm describing to you happens in a nanosecond, but boy, I could see it. And everybody saw it. Everybody saw me stop and not finish the stroke. And I, and then it happened again and again and again, and I had to step back. Now, 
I didn't really reread your book till Sunday. So this didn't help me for Saturday. But when I read it, I realized I don't want to drown in doubt. I don't want to. And isn't part of what you're doing helping us understand that we don't have to drown in doubt? Yes, you have to face doubt. When we, when we feel ourselves reaching for that last gulp of air because we're drowning in doubt, we either go down with it or we swim to the surface, take a bigger gulp of air and turn around and look doubt square in the eyes and say, I see you. Mm -hmm. That's the big key. You have to recognize that doubt is driving your decisions. You aren't. Mm -hmm. And if we make all of our decisions based on what if, we will always question every decision we make and it will keep us halfway there. You won't ever quite cross the finish line. You won't finish that stroke because what if? Yeah. You know, I was reading, uh, you know, there's a part of your book that I was reading and, I, and, and thank you. So let me just thank you for this. Thank you for writing a book where you're sharing your own journey. Thank you for doing that. Because I think that's what we need now. You know, the publishers are saying, when are you going to write your book? And I've never felt comfortable writing it because there's so much of our personal journey that we somehow have to weave to let folks know they can do it too. Everything in the book that you wrote from falling apart, and thank you for being so blunt about that, from identifying your own first time. Like, this is the first time, like, here I am on the shelf. What was that like? What was your first time like, Vicki? <laughs> well, I, I think probably, and, and I write about this in the book, a, a dear friend who came to me in my real estate business as a client, and, and we had a 20-year friendship, I put her on a pedestal. She didn't ask to be there, but I saw this woman as extremely well-educated, two PhDs, very prominent in, in her own life. She, she was grounded. And she brought the metaphysical world to me by gifting me Lynn Andrews' book in this brown, faded pages falling out. <laughs> and it's like, you, you got to give back exactly how you got it. So read this and keep all the pages where they belong. And then I went and found the rest of her books. And once I began to read more than just the great stories that they were, when I began to realize that there was a message in every one of those books that was much deeper than the story, I was reading Windhorse Woman riding a train home from Colorado, and I had this huge aha moment that said, oh my God, I have given my power away. Now, we all do it consciously and unconsciously. We take power consciously and unconsciously. But I had given this woman the power to tell me how long my hair should be. I should wear black instead of brown, that blah, blah, blah. And, and it wasn't, she wasn't doing it because that's who she was. I had literally given her permission without asking to be on this pedestal. And I went to her the day I was going to my graduation from Lynn's school. And I said, I want to thank you. Because of you, this is where I am. But I gave you 
this kind of power over my life. And with a big hug, I'm taking it back. And never again will you have that kind of power over my life. And that was my big aha. That I was leaking power, giving everybody else permission in my life to tell me who to be, how to be, what to be, when to be, where to be, and setting myself in the background on the shelf. Yeah, you know, I, I, and you really you're, you're right. You call this right out in the book. You really are very clear about it. But the way you tell the story is just so beautiful in that. I feel like you're right there. I think there was one line in there. Um, uh, you know, I can't remember exactly, but it was stop. You're, you know, and you said, I'm, you're screaming, stop. And then you're here, you're leaking energy, right? Giving your power away, right? And, and I can't remember exactly who you were talking with, but boy, the idea of giving a power away, I want to spend a moment to talk about that with you because it is an essential part, I think, of if we don't understand what this looks like, if we don't understand what giving away our power looks like, then we don't even know we're doing it, which means we don't even know that that's something we have to be aware of, which means we don't even know that there's something that we have to do differently. Right. And I think you really address this well, both in this book and, and your first book, because I think as women, and I'm going to generalize, which I don't like to do, A lot of us have been groomed to put other people first. Absolutely. Right. And so talk about this idea of not giving away our power. Now, I am one of these people. I never hesitate to use the word power. As a matter of fact, I have another show that I call Power Up with Dr. Pat. And I'm going to tell you, when I launched that show, I got so much feedback about using the word power. I don't understand what we're afraid of with that word. Well, I think the world has taught us that power means control. Power is something that overlays everything else. It is the driving force that controls decisions, lives, worlds, wars. And that's not the kind of power that I'm talking about. I'm talking about a power that comes from within, that's driven by your self-worth, that's driven by your own opinion of yourself, as opposed to taking the power of somebody else as yours. So a real easy way to do is codependency. Okay, I'm going to give you everything you need to make your life happy, even if it's at the expense of mine. Don't worry about me. I'm going to fix you. I have just, in, in my rational mind, made somebody else's life better. Pat me on the back. What I have done existentially is rob them of their experience and their ability to do for themselves. So to simplify it, Stop giving the world fish and start teaching the world to fish again. Yeah. And that's how you give people their power back by empowering them to do for themselves and letting them know they're capable, they're worthy, they're strong enough, and they can. Yeah. You know, one of the things too, I wanted to have you speak to is this idea that we have 
that creating change like this within ourselves has to take decades. We, remember you read that somewhere? I think that was like like maybe in the in in the fifth discipline book that came out like when I was in HR. Like and we all got that big fat book, right? That none of us could implement. It's almost as bad as trying to implement my friend Don Miguel's book, The Four Agreements. Yes. I've said to this to him before. I said, when I get to do all four, I'll call you. I haven't called him yet. Right. But you you understand what I'm asking you, right? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to take decades. You can flip your power switch like that by simply taking a breath before you give, taking a breath before you do, and allow yourself to be in that moment making your own decision, not driven by the voice telling you what you're supposed to be doing that's based on somebody else's opinion of you or the world, but listening to the voice that's telling you what you can do, what you need to do for you, and how you can best serve the world as the best you. Because one of the things that I learned, and, and in writing this book, felt, because it isn't a process that happens in 60 days. I, get off the shelf took five years to get here <laughs> because doubt creeped into the way. I didn't want to go through that story again. I'm not talking about, I don't want to face it. I'm done through it, over it, not going back there again. Wrong. Every time you come to a decision in your life that says, been there, done that, don't want to do it again, you need to look at it again because that's spirit telling you, <laughs> you ain't done yet. You got some more cooking to do. So, Take a breath. That's that's my biggest. Before you jump into something that you have butterflies about, take a breath. Look, one of the things that I love is how the universe, God, works, at least in my life, where something will show up at the exact time that we need to hear. See, it's yeah. no mistake you're on the show today that Linda scheduled this that we're talking about this, that I had the weekend I had. There's no mistake. There's no mistake that I talked to multiple women over the weekend. I work with women in addiction and recovery. Um, and uh, I've been doing that for uh, 32 years this year. And it's no mistake that I got your book here and I'm listening to this here. And you know, I just wanna say, read this book, please. Read this book, please. Read this book, please. Because when you work with people that are in recovery, they have to put themselves first. Yes. Or they're not going to get past very much. But there's one thing, too. Uh, there's so many things that I want to talk to you about in your book. So and I know this time is like, it's like coming to the end of it. But the one thing I do want to ask you in the minutes we have left if there are three messages, tips, three things that you could talk to our audience and say, please, if you could just do these three things today, what would they be, Vicki? Boy, number one, take a breath. Number two, calendar you first. That means put the F words in your life on your calendar and hold yourself accountable for showing up for yourself. That's faith, family, fun, fitness, finances, friends. 
put the F words on your calendar. Some may be negotiable. Like if you got to take your kid to the doctor, you might cancel lunch with your girlfriend. But others are non-negotiable. Taking a weekend in Sedona to hike by yourself and recharge your battery may be a non-negotiable event when the family wants you to cook dinner for a picnic in the backyard. Hey, you know what? Somebody else can cook. I need me time. Calendar the F words in your life. And the third is that priority list. It kind of goes right along with the calendar. But if you don't put you at the top of your priority list and do what you need to do for you first, then when you get to the bottom of your list and everything's all done, all you've managed to do is gift the world with what's left of you because they didn't get the best of you when you don't put you first. Hmm. Um, the things that you mentioned and the, and, and the importance of them, I think are right out of the gate. Number one for me is for people to understand how we limit ourselves, right? You know, I think there's a part in the book where you talk about, I can do it all. Or, you know, you're talking about the self-imposed limitations we have. Um, but then you take us on a journey, right? And the journey is about navigating. And I think this to me was so important to get there. And also, by the way, I'm going to take you up on your advice to get away to save my sanity. So I'm just going to just tell you right there, if people want to ask me about that, they can call you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things too, that, that is so important is we do have to navigate. We have to become great navigators. Yes. Don't we? Yes. Right. Because we're not just changing a moment, although we are, we are also looking at years you know, of things that are going around up here. Like you, it is no mistake that even before I could even read a paragraph that didn't take me a half hour to read, somebody gave me Viktor Frankl's book. Then they gave me Power Versus Force. Then I got the message, I see what you're trying to do. You want me to read these. But this idea of navigating reality, that has to come from body, mind, spirit soul right right and what and it, i and i add in their heart oh heart yes yeah mm -hmm. because you need to learn how to listen from the ears of your heart not just the ears of your head and you need to listen and make decisions from your body's mind not your ego's mind and if you can learn to discern the difference between those two things, life becomes magical. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, when you think about where we are today in the world, and I really would love to get your, um, your perspective on this. When you think about where we are in the world and what we've gone through in these past three years, what do you think is being activated in us to inspire us to change? Oh, life and death choices. Yeah. 
It's real <laughs> simple. You have to choose when you are cut off from everything and everybody that you know and love. You choose to live or die. And so we've seen a lot of people leave. And those that are staying have to make a conscious decision every day to breathe. And I want to say that as much as you are needed in the world around you, if you don't take care of you first, you won't survive the world coming at you. So every morning, be grateful that you woke up in your stand, as my friend says, fork and side down. And move out into the world as the very best you, you choose to be. Because you're a reflection of what's going on in the world. And when you are being your best self, you reflect that goodness to the people that you meet. And it, it's a ripple effect. Be the, be the first stone that dropped in the water smiles. Your smile will be contagious. And the next one will smile at the next one. And if I know 10, each one of those know 10. And suddenly there's hundreds of smiles in the world. Because you care, someone else will care. Mm. I can't thank you enough for today. I want to just ask you again, let people know how to get a copy of the book, how to find out more about you, how to join you on sacred journeys, all of the above. And then um, for many people, you know, this is a message for a time. So tell us the best way to really connect with you. VickiDobbs.com. Everything's there. Of course, the books are available on Amazon or anywhere good books are sold. The voice of me being a revolutionary in a very soft and quiet, subtle way. Join the You First Revolution on Facebook and, and let's make a change. Let's put you first and make that the, the power that drives the world. Not being selfish, being self-caring. Yeah. VickiDobbs.com. I, I love it. Vicki, thank you so much for everything. And also, I highly recommend people read your first book too. You first. You first. Practical wisdom for nurturing body, mind, heart, and soul. Yeah. It's even hard, right? You know this. You work with women. I work with women. When you give the assignment, I want you to say a hundred times, I put me first. Really, that is the starting place. And you have to say it out loud. You've got you to say to. it out loud. Yeah. None of this writing down on the paper stuff. It's fine to have it posted on your mirror. It's fine to write it in your journal. But unless you hear it, say it, see it, and embody it, it won't become real. You I have love to it. Believe it. I'm telling you, it has uh, really caused me to take an extra day off and go down to the tournament early. Yay. Thank you for that, Vicki. Hey, we're going to take a short break. Vicki Dobbs, everybody, we're going to take a short break. We're not done yet. We've got another show coming up. Benny, Micah, Vicki, so much love to you. 